the Podfix Network. I also just found out as I'm on my computer that I definitely sent out something that I should not have sent out inadvertently to. Uh, whoops. Was it a dick pic? It was an unsolicited deck mahogany. <laughs> oh, a deck pic. Yeah, unsolicited deck. And I, I trimmed all the bushes so that it would seem bigger. Well, hello, listeners. You're listening to This Week Today, a comedy podcast that takes a brief look at this week in history, news, entertainment, and more. Welcome to the show. I'm Toph. I'm joined by my regular co-host, Lord Saunders. How are you, sir? Oh, man. No progress on my uh, home reno again. So, are you uh, serious? I mean, I would say that maybe like 1% or 2% movement. So That's virtually no movement. Yeah, that's virtually no movement at all. We we may have a sudden flurry of excitement, but it's not looking good. It is not looking good. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. Thank you. But in spite of your issues at home, I have some good news. Okay. We have another guest on the show. I love having guests on the show. Well, then I will introduce today's guest. He is a member of the Podfix Network and one of the co-hosts of the podcast Discovery Show. It's Kirk Griffin, everybody. What's up, guys? Yeah, what's up, buddy? Welcome, Kirk. How are you? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Now I'm doing good. (laughs) Excited to be on here. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you. So I want to ask you one question before we get started. What's your Mm -hmm. favorite part of the pandemic? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm forced to stay at home and play video games a little bit more, and my wife doesn't have as many excuses to drag me out of the house to do stuff. Yeah, because <laughs> there's nowhere to go. <laughs> That's so fantastic. I guess it's my dream. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I agree. I think that is one of the best things about the pandemic is far fewer obligations. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely my favorite part of it. Okay, so what we normally do, listeners, is when we have a guest, we like to start off the show by playing a round of Get to Know So-and-So. And so why don't we kick things off and play a round of Get to Know Kirk? Yeah, let's do this, man. So, Kirk, this is where we would love to hear any fun facts, uh, maybe a quick story, anything that the listening audience may or may not already know about you. Um. Me and Zach, the other co-host, my co-host to the podcast Discover Show, have known each other since sixth grade. Uh, we lived like within a mile of each other, and we've been best friends since then. So that's something a lot of people don't know. Uh, what that's else? cool. I've I've done a lot of traveling when I was growing up. With uh, my dad, really liked to travel, so we've been all over the world, been a bunch of different places in Europe. Been hunt- I-, I like to hunt. I haven't done that in a long time, but I grew up hunting. I shot my first deer when I was like seven years old, and I've hunted since then. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, yeah, so I'm an avid outdoorsman as well as I love video games. So it's kind of I'm a kind of a multifaceted person <laughs> in a lot of ways. I'm actually an avid indoorsman. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. The more the indoor, the better. That's right. Yeah, I, I don't think I can go out for even more than 30 seconds with, without being mauled by mosquitoes. I don't know if either of you have that problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a buffet. Hey, Chris, All- you know what your favorite planet in Star Wars is? <laughs> no. Indoor. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. 
Well, anything else, Kirk? What else can you tell us about you? I used to I used to fly planes for a little bit. I wanted to be a pilot, so I was going oh, wow. to school to become a pilot. I actually never ended up getting my license. I could fly the plane solo, but I was never able to uh I was never allowed to fly anybody with me. So uh I did that for a little while and then I went I got married, which changed everything and the career path kinda went different <laughs> ways. But I used to fly planes and that was a fun thing. I miss it. I really do miss it. Now you're grounded for life, am I right? I'm grounded for life. <laughs> no clearance for takeoff, pal. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, there you go. We have gotten to know Kirk. Hey, I'm glad we got to know Kirk. Okay. Well, then let's get started and take a look at the calendar of special days so everyone knows what to celebrate this week. Let's do it. I will get things started. Today... Hopefully everyone celebrated National Crush a Can Day. Have any of you tried to crush a can against your forehead? Either of you? I have one time. I have not. It's a lot harder than it seems. <laughs> it does make me remember when I was a kid when we played Kick the Can. And have, have either of you done that? Yes. Many, many years ago when I was in Alabama. Right. So if you remember having played Kick the Can, the trick was... You had to stomp on it just right so that it collapsed directly on top of each other. Otherwise, it wouldn't slide properly. That's right. Well, you would not be a good neighbor if you left your cans on your neighbor's yard. So in order to be to celebrate tomorrow, you would not do that. Tomorrow is National Good Neighbor Day. And I would say that I'm a pretty good neighbor and will help those around me in need. What about you, Toaf? I would say I'm a solid neighbor. I don't know all my neighbors, but I know a decent number of my neighbors. Kirk? Uh, I'm not a bad neighbor, but I'm not really good at getting to know all of my neighbors. <laughs> you know what? If it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't know half the people that I know already. Like she's the neighbor meter. I would be the guy who's quiet and waves from his yard. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I know Adam is great at is celebrating Tuesday, which is National Coffee Day. Yes. I mean, it's one of my favorite days of the year, except for Christmas, of course. Kirk, are you a coffee drinker? I'm not an avid coffee drinker, but I do drink coffee regularly. Fun fact about me, I've never drank a full cup of coffee. I've barely even sipped a cup of coffee, and I was like, this is disgusting, and I put it down and never touched it again. Interesting. Wow. You must have had some pretty bad coffee. No, I just don't like coffee. Moving on to uh, something that I'm sure that Chris, both of our wives, would agree to, and I don't know your wife, Kirk, but National Love People Day is on Wednesday. National Love People Day. And I would say that my wife loves people. So it's just like broad spectrum, just love everybody? I think we could use a little more of that in our world today. Because if it is, then I love that. Because, yeah, <laughs> we need a ton more of that. Can We need every day for the rest of 2020 to be National Love People Day. We need to extend yeah. it. Executive order, we need to extend <laughs> this. <laughs> we should make the following day Compassion Day. Well, good news, Kirk, because one of our traditions on the show is that we take our celebration days and we, we take liberties and we can do whatever we want with them. So if you want to declare the rest of the year National Love People Day, let it be written, let it be done. I, as the guest, I, I say yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, on Thursday is National Hair Day. Damn it. <laughs> I'm going to change that to, again, I'm going to take a liberty, and I'm going to change that to Hair the Musical Day. Wow. I've never seen Hair the Musical, 
but I've always liked this song. Have either of you seen the musical Hair? I've never heard of it before. No. Nope. You've never even heard of it? No, I've, I've heard of Hairspray. I've never heard of Hair. Yeah, I've heard of it. Never seen it. Kurt, do you recognize this? I think I have heard this. <laughs> but you're not sure? I'm not sure. <laughs> Can I request that this be one of the discoveries on your show? <laughs> okay. This is by the Cow Sills. Anyway, that's from Hair the Musical. Well, I, dude, I support you in a day change, 100%. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do, bro. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. So, on Friday, we have National Name Your Car Day. So, I, I personally, not, I don't feel like I've ever had a cool enough car to name, but I did name my motorcycle. Ooh. Yeah, so my 2012 Road King, I named Quinn. So that it would huh. be Harley Quinn. <laughs> nice. Nice. I've never named my car either. No? Me neither. I do call my truck, because it's Tacoma, I just call it a taco every now and then. I guess that's kind of, but everybody calls their Tacoma's tacos, I guess. Not everybody, but a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in the, in the Tacoma community where it's like talk about their tacos you know like they saw a sick taco the other day riding down <laughs> alright well we'll wrap up this week of celebrations on Saturday with National Look at the Leaves Day you know in Miami we didn't never celebrate that there was no leaves you looked at the palm fronds you could say look at the palm fronds day I feel like that might be something that's localized to the northeast yeah, well, no, Portland, right? Do they have a dramatic uh, changing of the colors of the leaves? I don't know. Huh, just it's ra- a caveman. What? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> you said, I don't know Portland, and like, you don't know anything about it? Well, I mean, I, they, as far as I know, they do have that change of seasons, which I thought was in the fall, which was famous for <laughs> more granola and like the leaves changing. I mean, I know for sure you're, you're right. It's in the like northeast. <laughs> What level of confidence do you have that there's that there's a notable changing of the leaves that people know about in Portland? Dude, what part of cursory research do you not understand? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what I'm asking is do you even have cursory knowledge of that? Yeah, I got some friends that live up there and I thought I remember them talking about like the falls are pretty. The autumn are pretty. <laughs> I like your baseless claim that you have no knowledge of. Listen, I'm just using what everybody else is using these days, all right? Baseless facts. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this is a great time to switch gears and let's turn our attention to this week in history. Well, I love history, so I'll go ahead and kick us off. This week in 1918, the Philadelphia Parade exposes thousands to Spanish flu. Thanks a lot, Philadelphia Parade. (laughs) I mean, what a jerk. Uh, And then 10 years (laughs) later... Uh, we have, in 1928, penicillin was discovered. And that was a, for the whole human race, a very critical discovery. So, go penicillin. For sure. 1938, Franklin Roosevelt appeals to Hitler for peace. Another thing that was great for, for the future. Pretty sure it worked out. Yeah, that went really well, actually. <laughs> well, this week in 1941... Ted Williams becomes the last player to hit 400 for his career. Wow. And then the same man, almost two decades later, hits a home run in his last major league at bat. 
That's got to be so cool, man. In 1962, Johnny Carson makes debut on The Tonight Show as the host. Mm. And then he was ta- it was taken over by Jay Leno, who's never said a funny thing in his entire life. <laughs> All right, well, in 1980, Yosemite National Park is established. That place is amazing. It is. You guys ever been there? One time. I went there as a kid, and it blew my mind. So I want to go back. Yeah, it, it would be worth the trip. Bo show. In 1982, cyanide-laced Tylenol kills six people. Great job. (laughs) That was almost a really bad thing because imagine a world without Tylenol. Well, I I think for the six people that died, it really was a bad thing. My point is that they almost pulled Tylenol because of it, right? And we use Tylenol pretty significantly these days. (laughs) Thank you, six dead people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dude, the potential for that. It's an interesting story. You should look it up. You know what else is interesting? <laughs> In 1988, Mikhail <laughs> Gorbachev becomes a Soviet the head, the head of the Soviet Union. <laughs> I'm sure Russian Bear could give us a uh, much more you know, in-depth profile here. So if you don't know who uh, Russian Bear is, check us out in the, pod, <laughs> the Gravity Beard Interns on Facebook. No one knows Russian Bear, but Russian Bear knows you. Every single <laughs> part of that statement is true. In 1995, O.J. Simpson was acquitted. So funny you should say that. So when I was in seventh grade, I remember going to the library. My, our teacher took us to the library to watch the verdict of the O.J. trial. What? Yeah. I, so looking great. back on that, it's so weird. Like, why would we go to the... I mean, who knows, right? But I remember going there, and we. I remember we all cheered whenever they're like, not guilty. And the whole class goes, yay! <laughs> <laughs> no idea what was going on. We just—I mean, we, we knew about the OJ trial, but I remember we all cheered. 1995, man. Yeah. So your entire sixth grade class went to the library and cheered because a guy got acquitted from double homicide charges. <laughs> yeah, it was seven, <laughs> seventh grade Hawthorne Middle in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> God, that is so weird. Isn't it weird? It's so yes. weird. And 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 I, and I really want the new Bronco that's coming out. <laughs> We've redone the Bronco. That got released on OJ's birthday? Yeah, that's the very same. (laughs) They knew what they were doing. All right, gentlemen, it's time for the news. Dude, you know I love the news. And I love jingles. So play the good one. Okay, Adam, so you do a ton of traveling for work when the circumstances are normal, right? <laughs> right, and the COVID is not going on. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Kirk, what about you? Do you? Are you a frequent flyer? Not anymore. Nope. That's that ball and chain, man. Grounded <laughs> 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 for life. Sure. <laughs> so, Adam, do you have, in the time when you were flying, that we hopefully will return to soon... Seriously. Do you have any examples that you could think of of a flight attendant going out of their way to do something to help a passenger? Uh, yeah, many times. Uh, but it's so funny because you see so many flight attendants that go out of their way to help people and some that go out of their way to like inconvenience people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I've seen uh, support for our veterans. I've seen some handicapped stuff. I've seen them 
um, you know, so, some, uh, I'm not sure what the proper term is, but disabled, you know, like they really helped out. They were above and beyond. They took care of people. They took care of small kids who were, you know, unaccompanied minor flying, um, just noticing a passenger helping another passenger and upgrading them or, you know, diffusing a situation. I mean, I've seen a lot of really kind behavior from the flight attendants and I love it. So in a way, they're kind of the unsung heroes. Would you agree? I sing their praises so that they will no longer be unsung. <laughs> and so that maybe you'll get that upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you'd agree that they get called on to do all sorts of things uh, yeah. during a flight. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually been a case in 2016 where the flight attendant actually landed the plane with 195 people on board. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's cool. Wow. Well, here's another notable example of a flight attendant going above and beyond. They were on this flight, and everything went smoothly until just after takeoff. And this is an account by flight attendant Patricia Organo. She says she heard an infant cry. Adam, surely Mm -hmm. this is something you've experienced. Most definitely. Now, regarding this, I do want to ask you this. When there's a baby crying, are you sympathetic to that, to those people, or are you super annoyed? No, I, I unfortunately do not have compassion whatsoever. Empirically, I can pull apart the fact that they're probably having a worse time than I am because now the whole plane's mad at you and your dumb child. Um, <laughs> and also, I'm so, so frustrated. So frustrated. Yeah. I remember when our children were that age and we flew and it was it always mortified us when our children started screaming because there's almost nothing you can do. Yeah, I can imagine. So in any case... When a baby's crying, it makes everybody around want to do anything they can to to, to help out, to help soothe the baby. <laughs> and so she says, I approached the mother and asked if everything was okay. And <laughs> it says here, I tried to tell her to feed her hungry child. That's weird. <laughs> Anyways, the passenger, it says the passenger was teary-eyed, and she told the flight attendant that she had ran out of, out of milk, out of formula milk. Oh, no. That's right. That's not good. And so it's passengers around where she was sitting started looking and staring at the at this tiny, tiny, fragile, crying infant. And I wouldn't say crying. Usually it's screaming, especially if they're hungry. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and especially on an airplane, because obviously the elevation and, you know, their head has to get adjusted and, you know, their ears don't feel right. There's any number of things that can cause a baby to, to scream on, a, on an airplane. There was no other passenger that had any formula for a baby. And so, would you like to guess what the flight attendant did? She totally breastfed the kid, didn't she? She thought to herself, there's only one thing she could do. She could offer her own milk. Wow. What a coincidence. That was handy. (laughs) Yes. So, the flight attendant offered to breastfeed the woman's baby. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is above and beyond. Well... That is above and beyond. <laughs> so, the first question that I had when I was reading this was, how is a random woman just able to breastfeed a, a random baby? I mean, I would imagine that it, it, it just, like, what a strange coincidence that she probably is, like, a, you know, a new mother as well who's breastfeeding their kids. So, it's a coincidence because you can't just, like, start milking immediately. Despite what the cartoons as a child would have you think. (laughs) (laughs) Or or you could just shoot milk out of your breast at any time. If the episodes from The Office have taught us nothing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, Adam, you've guessed correctly because Organo, age 24, was the mother to a nine-month-old baby. Ah, oh, man, I'm two for two. It says her Facebook post featured a photo of her holding the passenger's baby. That's right. She posted it on Facebook. <laughs> With the mother's permission? <laughs> I would assume. The post was shared The post was shared more than 35,000 times by afternoon the next day. So the story mm. went viral. And as the internet will do, there was a bit of a mixed response. Yes. Yeah. So many, many of them responded saying, oh, that's so caring and heartwarming. What, a, what an amazing way to help out a, a passenger in need. And then there were others that said, hey, that's, that's really dangerous for some random person to breastfeed a baby. And believe it or not, the U.S. the U.S. Food and Drug Administration agrees with those people, warning that giving a giving a baby breast milk from another woman can actually indeed pose health risks. Boy, no good deed goes unpunished, huh? You know, <laughs> especially about random people that aren't doctors on the internet. <laughs> but they were right because actually there's there's risks for the baby, including exposure and infectious diseases. Sure chemical contaminants, or even some illegal drugs. So, on the outside chance that the flight attendant was a drug addict, that's not good for the baby. And also, like, failed their drug test with the airline. Right. Or hadn't taken it yet. Well, I personally think that this flight attendant is a hero. Yeah, I'm gonna, so let me say this, to defend myself a little bit. When I hear baby crying, I'm just immediately annoyed and I have no compassion. However, I am also, like, <laughs> a sucker like whenever, like if, if I were to see that like the mom was like really struggling and you look over and the mom is just like at their wits end, you can tell that they're going crazy. Like then my heart softens a little bit. I mean, I, I don't, I don't carry any food items for the baby, you know, like so I wouldn't be able to help them. But, you know, if I can stop another passenger from, you know, giving the dirty looks when they're clearly struggling, I try to do that as well. So I do have some compassion in there. That was a nice recovery. It's the truth. All right, fellas. Well, unfortunately, we don't have time to get to our next story. Come on, man. But I will share the headline. And here goes. (laughs) Brace yourselves. (laughs) I'm standing by. Hold your butts. (laughs) That's good advice, Kirk. Massachusetts mom, age 64, and her 42-year-old son face up to 20 years in prison after his wife caught them having sex. Wait, how's how's prison involved? Because that's incest. Oh yeah, yep, that's that's right. <laughs> so that was it was so that was the most obvious response. I'm like, surely there's a twist here that Chris is like throwing. It can't just be like the simple. Oh yeah, it's incest. It's nope. It's straight up this time. Straight shooter. It's good old fashioned incest. She just mentioned Game of Thrones. Maybe we would have got it. classic incest so our sincere apologies we don't have time to get to that story but as we always do Adam and I promise we will make every possible effort to get to that story in a future episode hey maybe Kirk could like discover (laughs) some more facts about that (laughs) (laughs) there you go Kirk I don't know about that one I I might leave that one on the cutting room floor somewhere (laughs) oh come on Boo. All right, fellas, why don't we take a quick break and hear from one of our new promotional partners? I love sponsors. Sponsors are the best. And when we return, we wrap up today's show. And before that, 
Birthdays. Birthdays. Right after this, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by Santiago Wengerstein's world-famous Nevada Moth Derby, located in the heart of Las Vegas. Place your bets on a wide assortment of skilled racing moths from only the most illustrious moth breeders. Bred for the long, saucy moth legs and incomparable virility, these racing moths are sure to put the sweat on your brow and the fear of God into your wallet. This Saturday only, see the grand champion, the Mothritariat, in his final race before we put him out to pasture, also known as the Moth Glue Factory. May Mothra rest his soul. Santiago and Justine's world-famous Nevada Moth Derby. Come for the moths, stay for their funerals, because they'll die ten minutes later. <laughs> yes. The Nevada Moth Derby, fellas. The, Nema- the Nevada Moth Derby is a, like a high society item. Have you guys ever been on moth races? No. I uh, don't think so. It was, well, okay, not officially. Moth racing in Austin is like a is like an underground kind of like hidden sport. And then we got raided one time, so we weren't able to do uh, moth betting anymore. Well, the other thing I'll say is, is don't fall for that moth retariat. I lost a bundle on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Gets them every time. Well, and then and then so so I had to put a second mortgage on the house to make up for it. And then my wife said no more moth bedding. Then I had to sneak around and then a short time after that she found some bedding slips in one of my coat pockets. That's it? Yeah. I I still haven't gotten out of the doghouse. Yeah, you're you're in there for a long time, pal. We told we talked we you know we talked about this. So yeah, so sounds like you got a problem, man. I'm not saying I'll never bet on moths again, but it's going to be a while. <laughs> uh, uh, also, I'm not sure if I I may I may actually and and this might just end my marriage. I might actually maybe purchase and train my own moths to race. Okay, but that's really expensive, dude. You have to find the right lineages. You have to be able to prove it. It's not just you can't just have it. And, and like just go out and buy some I can do this I think I can I mean, do this you have a right breeder are they from the east dude I got this handled alright okay but you haven't okay that's not what happened last time I have it handled <laughs> well, well, time will tell for more information about the Nevada Moth Derby just go to NevadaMothDerby.com or consult your local bookie You gotta have a good bookie, man. <laughs> Gentlemen, how about birthdays? Let's do it. Hey, Kirk, you're the guest. Why don't you kick us off with some birthdays, bro? Awesome. So today, Little Wayne turns 38. I said that wrong. I'm sorry. I said Little. Yeah. Lil yeah. Wayne turns. I still. It sounds like Lil. Lil Wayne <laughs> turns 38. Avril Lavigne turns 36. Steve Kerr turns 55 who's steve kerr um it's hard to say are you serious he's a person right i have no idea who steve kerr is are you serious man he was in the championship bulls is now a coach <laughs> yeah he's, he's coached the golden state warriors to multiple championships <laughs> after winning as a player <laughs> i'm not a sports ball guy by that we mean we mean happy birthday happy birthday buddy happy birthday steve <laughs> Meatloaf turns 73. That is an old meatloaf. Uh, (laughs) 
Gwyneth Paltrow turns 48. Have either of you bought either her incense or her candles? <laughs> I knew this. I knew one of you guys are going to mention the freaking candles. No, they were sold out. <laughs> you know what candle I wanted and we got for a friend later was the candle that uh, had the scent of freshly signed divorce papers. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, when she finally got divorced, we, we we lit the candle and I wish somebody had got me one of those. But hey, it's good friends. You learn as you go. Good friends. Yep. All right. Well, tomorrow... Are the birthdays of Hillary Duff, who turns 33, Young Jeezy, who turns 43, and Naomi Watts, who turns 52. More like middle-aged Jeezy. <laughs> that's, that's fair. He deserves that. <laughs> Name change impending. On Tuesday are the birthdays of, first, the Durantula, Kevin Durant, age 32, and Jerry Lee Lewis. I'm not going to say anything other than happy birthday because he turns 85. Nice. nice. I was going to comment on how I didn't know he was alive, but I don't want to trigger another death clock. <laughs> Wait, did you say death clock? No. <laughs> death clock. Death. No, I said nothing. No, I did not. No. M- moving on. On Wednesday, T-Pain turns 35. <laughs> uh, on Thursday, Julie Andrews turns 85. Wow. Uh, Jimmy Carter turns 96. And Zach Galifianakis turns 51. And that's such a fun thing to say. Zach Galifianakis. Dude, I love Zach Galifianakis. He's a genius. You should see him on Comedians in Cars Drinking Coffee. Or Between Two Ferns. Either is terrific. You can actually see both on that episodes of Comedians in Cars. Or The Hangover 1, 2, and 3. Well, that brings us to Friday. So, uh, of course... The legend himself, Sting, turns 69. Nice. And on Saturday, Nev Campbell turns 47. You might remember her a little bit from a movie called Scream back in the 90s. Gwen Stefani turns 51 and Tommy Lee turns 58. I saw Gwen Stefani last summer right before I moved here. At the age of 50, she was killing it. It was an amazing concert. All right. How about some born this week, but now dead? (laughs) All right. Thank you, Clay Groves. First, in 1955, 24-year-old James Dean dies in a car crash. Today, he would have turned 89. Oh, man. Unlucky car. And Gandhi, who died in 1948 at the age of 78, today he would have turned 151. Wow. Wow. Man, have you guys heard about the curse of James Dean's car? No. I have not. Well, you got to go discover it. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite theme of this entire episode is we keep giving Kirk more and more things to discover. I guess you're just filling out all the things. I don't even need to look for discoveries. I just have to look for the things that we talked about in here and discover those things. (laughs) That's right. You're not wrong. A few weeks worth of content now. You're welcome. All right, Adam, I don't know about Kirk, but you certainly know what that sounder means. Kirk, if you don't know what this is, you're about to have a welcome treat to (laughs) the Ed Asner Death Clock. It's featuring my favorite band, Death Clock. (laughs) Okay, so before we we give an update on the status of Ed Asner, do you have a Death Clock fun fact for us? Tove, I always have a Death Clock fun fact for us. And uh, I think we'll round out the band with our little band biopic. What do you think about that? That sounds amazing. 
All right, well, you remember last week we talked about the rhythm guitarist that Death Clock brought in. So now we're going to talk about the drummer. Mm. The drummer, the one and only Pickles. His name is Pickles. <laughs> I love Pickles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so very quickly, he was raised in Tomahawk, Wisconsin. He definitely has a upper Midwestern accent. And he refers to himself as a very Irish American person. So he has a uh, red, red dreadlocks in a comb over fashion, which is, which is pretty awesome. And huh. I love him because he's an amazing drummer. And he, um, before he was in death clock, he was in a famous band called snakes and barrels. So it was perfect. Huh. And there you go. There That's you terrific. go. Pickles. All right. Well, let's move on to our Ed Asner death clock update. Good news, gentlemen. As far as I know, Ed Asner is still alive. And get this, there are only 52 days until Tiff can no longer hold me personally responsible for his death. <laughs> Dude, you're like six weeks out, bro. So close. We're going to get there. Hold on there, buddy. <laughs> it's a little bit longer. Don't go toward the light. <laughs> All right. I have a fun way for us to finish this episode. Boys, how would you like to hand out a Darwin Award? Oh, these are my favorite. Kirk, are you familiar with the Darwin Awards? I am not. Well, let me enlighten you. The Darwin Awards celebrate the improvement of the human gene pool by honoring those who accidentally remove themselves from it in the most spectacular way possible. (laughs) Most of these are awarded posthumously, if that gives you an idea of how great these are. I do remember this now. I would say 100% of them. Yeah, 100% of them are awarded posthumously. So, yeah, some people say posthumously, I know. So here's our most recent recipient of a Darwin Award. 52-year-old pilot Patrick Blevins was on the West Coast, making his way back home on the opposite coast. Because the plane he was flying was small, he had to hop across the country, making various stops at little airports along the way. So due to a fuel leak during every takeoff... The cockpit got a shower of aviation flu. Yes. In fact, enough fuel had entered the cockpit that it was sloshing around his feet. Oh, man, this is getting better and better. At the third stop, he mentioned it to a mechanic who told him, you probably shouldn't fly this airplane anymore. (laughs) And he said, (laughs) he said, don't worry, I got this. (laughs) Famous (laughs) last words. Subsequently, the aircraft took off from that airport, Missoula International Airport, made a sudden swift turn and crashed, exploding into a fireball. Yeah. I mean, it's like the guy wrote the manual for that. You know, (laughs) here's what to do if you want to end up with a Darwin Award. I remember when I used to fly planes that there's a lot of checklists, but I will say in his defense, there's nothing on the checklist that says make sure there's not fuel all in the cockpit. So, <laughs> well, congratulations to Patrick Blevins. You are the recipient of a Darwin Award. And Adam, I don't think you'll mind if I also declare Patrick this week's, this week today, Listener of the Week. Yes, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's, it's such a high honor, man. <laughs> such a high honor. And he is a double honoree. <laughs> not everybody gets two 
All right. Well, sad to say that brings us to the end of another episode of This Week Today. Kirk, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Before you go, would you like to take a moment and promote your great work? Sure. Uh, you can find me and all of our stuff that we do anywhere you can find podcasts. Look for the Podcast Discovery Show. Uh, we basically have a book club style discussion every single week about a podcast that we recommended the week before. And we also have a bonus show every week called The Other Discovery Show, where we discover all the other things that have nothing to do with podcasts. And it's a lot of fun. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook. We have a Facebook group. Uh, the Twitter is the PDS Official. And look for the Podcast Discovery Club on Facebook. And yeah. There you go. All right, some brief credits before we go. Come join us in our Facebook group. It's called the Gravity Beard Interns. Find us on Twitter by searching at This Week Pod. The number for the hotline is 214-531-3936. We'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This Week Today is a proud member of the Podfix Network. For more information, go to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. Thank you to our friend Phil Rude for our custom logo. For our guest, Kirk Griffin, my co-host, Lord Saunders, I'm your co-host, Toph. You've been listening to This Week Today. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. Say goodbye, fellas. Goodbye, fellas. Bye. This Week Today is a proud member of the Podfix Network. Hold your butts.